Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. So I have a little bit of a, a something on buzz that was out front here this, before the service. Just I wasn't out there, but I could hear all of the, the noise and the conversations. Not noise, but... People out there having a good time and probably hanging out around City Espresso as well. And I don't know if it was because some of you came way early because you forgot to turn your clocks back. <laughs> Did anybody forget this morning? No, everybody got it right? It'll be interesting because I'll ask the same question when it comes to spring forward. And most people are like, oh, I forgot. That's why you were an hour late to church. But, but somehow you know. Not to be early <laughs> in the fall. I don't know. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> I, um, I want to say something this morning, just maybe get us to think a little bit differently about something. It, and it could be a mindset change for some of us, and it could be for others. It's like, well, that's, that's how I think, and that's good. But I realize that each one of us who are part of a local church there's specific reasons why we become part of a local church. But I want to, for some of you, maybe cause you to think a little differently about your approach to that. I think a lot of people, they'll come to church, and the focus is more on the pastor and what I like or don't like about the pastor, and that the pastor, it's the pastor's church. So we're, we're going to come and see kind of what the pastor does or what, what's going to happen. And we're going to evaluate. And if I don't like what he says, man, I'm probably not, not going to be happy or I won't be a part of that church. And we do all of this thought process based on we feel like it's the pastor's church or the pastor and the elders or the pastor and his wife. We look at it a lot of times that way when we're coming into church and having this view of, well, I'm going to kind of come in and see how it goes today. So what I want to challenge you this morning is to change your thought process of how you see the local church. First of all, it's not my church. I just want to set that straight. It's God's church. And I think so many times, if we understand kingdom principles, and by the way, a plug for Wednesday night, the kingdom of God class is phenomenal, phenomenal. You can still come out Wednesday night at 6.30. It'll change your thinking because it's about his kingdom. We are kingdom kids. We belong to a king you know, since I've been the first two classes, what it's done is it causes me to think differently, to walk differently, and to talk differently, because I'm a kingdom kid, and I get to participate in his kingdom things, and what's going on in the kingdom, and we've been given the authority to do these things by our king. Yeah. We should be walking and talking and acting like we're those who are highly valued and favored. Not in a cocky way or a prideful way, just the fact that, man, we are kingdom people. So I want to ask you, when you're, when you're about church business, when you're about his business, because he's building his church, can you come in and, and look at it, whether you're volunteering for something or you're coming on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday or you're, you're working in the nursery, you're ushering or you're greeting or you're cleaning the toilets or whatever it is you're doing, you're not doing it for me. I hope the pastor's happy because I'm doing this, because he asked me to do it. Please don't do that. When we come in here, we should be, 
I'm doing it for the king. I'm doing it. This is built. I'm helping God in this process. He's building his church. But he's asked me to come in and be a part of that. I'm partners with him. And I'm a part owner in this. We have to have ownership in kingdom business. We have to have ownership in the local church. Because if we don't have ownership, we come in with the mentality that we're a renter. How many know what that's like? If you're a renter, you don't treat things quite as well as if you own it. Whether it's a rental car, your rental house, or whatever. Or if you have good godly character, you, you try to do those things, but still not quite the same. When we're renters, we say, I don't like my landlord that much. I don't like the pastor that much, but I'll come and I'll see. But if I don't really like it, I'm not going to participate in that. Or I'm not going to volunteer in that area because I disagree with Blair. Because we're renters. It's like, well, I'm gonna, I might be out of here soon anyway. Yeah. And so we have this attitude of, we're not owners. Yeah. But when we're owners, we care about it. We value what we're doing and yeah. we value the outcome of that. And I'm, I'm going to come in here and I'm not going to let that fall to the ground. Or I'm not going to let that uh, get messed up over there because I own that. When we walk in the front door and we see a, a, a piece of paper laying down there, go, well, I sure hope the janitor picks that up. That's not ownership. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, well, somebody else's job, not mine. Ownership is, man, I'm picking that up because this, this is my palace. This is part of what I've been called to do. Yeah. I, I just felt like one of the challenges this morning to think differently yeah. about what you do. For the body of Christ and how you serve. When you're in the back and up in the back and you're doing the technical stuff, you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for the king. You're playing instruments for the king. And by the way, thank you those who come early, but I would just encourage everybody. You're coming in. If you have an appointment with the king, you're going to be early. Treat Sunday service as if you're coming to meet with your king. Come on, you come in and you come a little early. Take care of the sheep. Get to know the sheep. They're, they're part of the kingdom. Yeah. How are my friends doing? I want, I want to come early. I want to have conversation. I want to fellowship. I want to, I want to see how, how my buddy's doing, how my friends are doing. Get to know other people. Yeah. See, I'm here for you. Does this make a little bit of sense? I want you to take your eyes off of me and put them on him. Because I'm going to fail you a lot. <laughs> And I have, I'm sure. And there's been a lot of people who've left this church because they feel like the pastor let me down or I didn't agree with what he said because they're not kingdom-minded thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody leaving a church is that way because there's, there's you know, reasons, but I'm not trying to lump everybody in that. But so often we do. We just kind of pick up our ball and we go because we weren't happy with something. But because we were treated as if we're renters, yeah. not owners. Yeah. We're owners. Yeah. You have a piece of paper or something that says this is... A deed, a deed to. You have ownership in this. Yeah. So let's, let's be owners about this. Yeah. Amen. Come to church 10 minutes early. It's not going to hurt. That's right. it's, in fact, it's good. Stay a few minutes after. Make sure things are, you know, good. So when you come in and you're serving, if you're an usher, you're not ushering for me. Yeah. You may say, well, I don't really like how they take the offering or whatever it is. You're ushering for the king. Yeah. Yeah. You come in there, you... The, he rolled out the red carpet for you. Better start using it. Start using it. And we, we start thinking kingdom-minded, then we're going to actually believe the word and what he says, and we're going to be those who, see, who are going to walk in miracles, and we're going to walk in, in provision, and we're going to walk in blessing, we're going to walk in favor, because that's who he is. Favor follows the king's kids. It's not because we're 
special or we're asking for any extra treatment or whatever. It just is a principle. So if you don't feel like you have favor in your life, maybe, just maybe, there's some adjustments, some growing. We are in the process of changing our way of thinking, changing how we act, what we do, how we do it. We can't use the excuse, well, that's just the way I am. That's the way I've always been. That's how I'm going to be. You're just going to have to accept me. Well, is that a kingdom principle? No. That's a human flesh principle. Come on, we can, we can change. We can adjust and we can grow. We're in a growing process. And the good thing is, is we're all in the same boat here together. We all have our stuff we need to grow in. Every one of us do. Your area may be a little different than mine, but I'll tell you what, I've been, the Lord is talking to me about growing in certain areas. So find out what that is. That's all I'm asking. It might be one area right now, but ask him. Lord, what's the area that I shine your light on it? What's the area I need to grow? I will tell you. I'll let you in on a little secret. He'll probably let you know. And he may use somebody else to do it, so just saying. But just receiving, you know, in that process. You know, whose is this? It's not mine. It's not yours. This belongs to the king. So let's be kingdom-minded people. And I would recommend, come out on Wednesday night. It causes you to think about things a little bit different. And so I would encourage you. That's an area we're all growing together, amen? This wasn't part of my message this morning, but it is. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's good at doing what he does. The good thing about this is my notes can go on forever, but I have a lot of weeks. As I was telling Brandon this morning in my office, because he's like, you're not going to try to go through all that. Well, no, I'm not. It's just on there, and I'll get to it eventually. And I, just because we're in 21 days, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't stop there, because we're continuing to grow. And so if God continues these, this is totally good. And, and I've got to, you know, we're on a good path. We're on a good track. And, and if God is downloading stuff, and we want to allow him to do that, and how he has us grazing in this area and growing, then we're doing that. Until, because I'll probably keep doing this until, one, <laughs> I have to see stuff in me. And I want to see some stuff in you, too. Because if, I'm, if we're not, then we're not growing, and it's, I'm just standing up here going like this, and you're just doing, going about your same life, and you're not, you're not growing. So it's okay if you want to tell somebody, hey, this is an area where I really want to see growth in my life. Would you mind joining with me, just praying for that and encouraging me in that area? Because we can be asking each other, how are you doing in that? How are you doing with that? How are you doing with your anger? How are you doing with your patience? You know, because I guarantee you're going to be tested in those things. But it's an opportunity to go, okay, I know this is what I, this is what the Lord showed me. This is what, and so we go through that process and grow. Lord, I just pray for the next few minutes that we have. Lord, do you speak to us? You speak to us this morning. The words that you have for us, Lord the things that could go deep into our heart, into our spirit, that we would grab a hold of, God, and that we would say, yes, Lord, thank you for that nudge. Thank you for that idea, that thought, Lord, and and that we would take those things and allow them to go deep, Lord, into the soil that has been cultivated and prepared, Lord. And we just thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. And we are so looking forward to the miracles that you have that you want to release in our lives. We even saw this morning, And we thank you for that because you're telling us that you indeed are that God. You are that Savior. You are that Lord. And we receive that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
Last week I read through a scripture, I'm not going to read through it again, but it talked about these, some areas I threw out, some areas that we could grow in. We talked about, and this was in 2 Peter chapter 1, but it's talking about moral excellence, knowledge that you understand. I will talk about that in a little bit. Self-control, patience, godliness, affection towards other believers, and a love for everyone. Everyone. So we talked about some of those, and those are areas that we can work on growing in. I want to take us to a scripture in Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 4. And we see this because a lot of times we'll read through scriptures and we think we understand how God did things and what the story is and all of those things. But understand that God made man before he made the garden. So the garden was made for man. Man wasn't made for the garden. Because a lot of times we think that God had produced all this, there was all these things, and then he decided to put man in there to enjoy the garden. But God made man first. There's There's a process. It says, When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. So there wasn't anything growing there. Why? Because there, <laughs> there wasn't only a need for food that time because we didn't exist yet. And God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, for there were no people to cultivate the soil. Yeah. I like this fact that the cultivation, cultivating was, I like how God works because he provides certain things, but he's not going to do everything for us. Right here he's saying it's up to man to cultivate. He says, it, so there wasn't a man to cultivate, so therefore I'm not... You know, there's a process here. So unless we're cultivating our life and preparing the soil, he's not going to drop the seed because it's not going to take effect. If our soil is not prepared properly and it's not ready, then he's not going to put the seed there. So we need to ready ourselves. We need to process. We need to cultivate that soil and say, Lord, whatever it is you need to do to, to make this soil that it's healthy and it's ready and it's good for what you're going to drop into my life because we want to see it flourish. We want to see it come to life. Amen? Amen. So it goes on in verse 6. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. Pretty cool miracle right there, I would say. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. That's how we came about, from dust. And then, pretty cool. I don't know anybody could do that except for God. So I have to say that is the best incredible experience. Verse 8, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. This was after he created man. Then God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he planted, excuse me, placed the man that he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I would say, obviously, I wasn't there. But if he put this garden together and put man in it, then it had to have been ready. The fruit was ready for for man to enjoy. I don't think that it was that he planted a tree and then 15 years later, he was starving to death waiting. Please, God, something needs to be produced here. But God had all this ready for man to enjoy, to enjoy the fruit of what God had planted there. And so what I want to do this morning is I want us to take a look at a couple of things in regards to talking about a tree and how it correlates with our lives. There's a, um, a slide, if we, if we can put that up here. In regards to a tree, life can be really tough on a tree. And I don't know if you've ever studied trees and looked at trees, but you cut a tree open, and it tells pretty much everything about what happened over the years, and you learn about that. And you see the, all of the things, the challenges that the trees have faced, the uh, excessive rain and the, 
droughts that come, the earthquakes, the fire, the tornadoes, the hurricanes, all of the things that will affect a tree in the life of a tree. Lightning strikes, whatever it is that comes, it affects a tree. And so they all leave their mark on this tree as it's growing over the years. And uh, trees really, they explain a lot to us. Their annual rings reveal a lot of what happens or has happened to them in the process and then occurred in their environment. So we see that on the outer part here, we have this bark that's a protective aspect of a tree. And then you have uh, the cambium, which is connected to the bark, but also is a layer that allows the sap to come up from the roots to go through that section and get to the leaves or to the limbs of the tree. So there's an area there, and that's protected. But that's important. That has to be there, or nothing will get to the branches. So the cambium is important. Then we have the sapwood, which is the wood that has life in it that is next to the cambium. So that's connected as well. And, th and then we have the heartwood, which is really, this is all dead in here. So all of that is dead. So at one point was alive, but it's, it's dead. But it serves a purpose because it's part of the strength of the tree. Because if that wasn't there, obviously wouldn't have the strength in the tree. And then we have, and we'll look at an, another picture, but the, there's growth rings that are in here. And we'll talk about that. And we'll, yeah, so this one, and again, it's kind of hard to see a little bit. But you can see the different things that are going on. These are indicators of the different things that have happened. Like you can see fire, so F would be. You can see here that it's scorched pretty bad. and It went through a really difficult time, and that's a fire. But it was able to make through that and continue to grow. You have all the other things, whether it's wind or um, drought, different things that happen. You can see, see in here. Go to the next. Is there another one? There's not another one. Okay. Can you see this? <laughs> My bad. Uh-oh. There is, um, so I won't be able to talk about that particular one. But there is, the, how it works in a tree, we, we see in the tree rings, how those rings, there's two different colors. So you see a lighter color and a darker color. The lighter color is what happens in the spring. And that's where most of the growth happens in a tree. And so it's usually quite a bit bigger section. You see, you kind of see it. The rings are kind of fuzzy, but you can see the like this one, dark and light. So the light color is the spring, and it's usually bigger than the darker part. But this is the growth that happens in the spring. Now, the, what happens, this growth here, this happens at the end of summer. So it's less, and it's not as active. And so there's different rings you could tell on this tree, and it's hard to see. Uh, some of these, but some rings, like this one's wider than this one, but that means it was a lot more water. There was a lot more growth in that. The cells were bigger, and so it, that was a better spring in the sense for a tree than maybe that was. And so each, you take a dark and a light, those make one year. Now, in the wintertime, nothing happens. So it's basically dormant. So you're for the northwest anyway, in our area. So we see that the lighter color is what happens in the spring and going into a little bit in the summer. And then late in the later summer, we can see the darker, and that's where it starts to slow down, and then nothing happens. So every year, that's what you get. The two rings make a year. So if this was clear, you could probably count those and tell how many years that tree has been around. They're actually, the portion that's alive in a tree typically is going to be 
like one and a half to three and a half inches typically on a tree, so that would be considered alive and, and still have life to it and pretty much the rest of it. And a strong indication certainly is in a lot of trees it's a little bit darker, but even some of this area in here, it's not alive. It's not living. But trees, just like in our lives, there's things in our lives that show if we've had a storm of some sort. A fire hit us in the sense of, man, I just went through this challenge. And if you laid open your life and you could look at the rings of your life over the years and you could see there's some healthy ones and then there's some not so healthy ones. But the one thing that we all have in common as we're seated here today is that we're all still alive today and we've been through these things and we have continued to grow through these things and these things haven't taken us out. They haven't permanently taken life from us. But they have marked our life. They have defined who we are. So the, the fire, definitely it, you know it's there. It's scarred. But you, you really only know that if it's laid open. If you looked at a tree just standing in the forest and you walk out and look at any tree, you have no idea, unless you were there over the years, what had happened inside that tree's life. And that's true with a lot of us. When we meet somebody, you have no idea what they've been through. You have no idea the challenges. So many times we tend to quickly judge somebody because we don't like this about them or that about it. We have no clue what they've been through. I, I just brought this story up to my family recently. When our daughter Heather was born up in Puyallup, Good Samaritan Hospital, it was an emergency C-section that Jane had to have. And uh, it was a very challenging time. There was a lot of, I won't go into all the details, but we were praying, we had people praying, and praise the Lord, she was born healthy, she was early, and, but I was looking, they had her in this, uh, I was looking in the windows where you can look at your, all the newborns that are in there. Nursery? Okay, that's a word we all understand. <laughs> and she's in there in this, I don't know if you call it an incubator or not, but it was, it was a little plastic box or whatever. So... <laughs> looking in there, and I was just, as a father, I was feeling very joyful at that time. I didn't have any idea. There was a guy standing right next to me, and he's looking in there too. And I think, we're both happy dads. But I looked on his face, and his face didn't have what I would consider like this was a good experience for him. So I asked him, I said, I said, well, my daughter's in there. I said, is one of these yours? And he's, he said, yeah. And I said, and I was like, at that time, I was like, man, you could, you could have a little more joy here. You know, I, I didn't say anything because I wasn't going to say anything like that. But, you know, sometimes when we, we see things and we just make a judgment like, man, this guy's not a very happy guy. He's, he's not happy about having this kid or whatever. Well, when I started to find out, yeah, his son was in there in back in the back. But the unfortunate part is he didn't live. He had just, the little baby had just died just a little bit before that, but it was still in there. My heart goes out, because then I was telling about it. I said, well, my wife had an emergency C-section, and he said, that's exactly what should have happened with my wife, and they didn't do that. And so the baby died in the birth process. And so I, my heart goes out to this guy, obviously, an opportunity just to, what do you do? You know? I say, you know, I am so sorry. But I say that to, let's be careful <laughs> where somebody is in their life process in that. And, and that's how we can grow. We can grow in how we judge people, how we treat people. And so it's yeah. good to get to know people, get to know what really, what they're about. We don't see the scars. We don't see the wounds. We don't see the fire burn. We don't see all of that 
Like if we cut a tree open, we can see it. We're just like the tree if you're looking at it from the outside, it looks fine. Oh, dude, you look fine. What's your problem? Realize there's so much that goes on in all of our lives. It's important for us. Let's care enough to find out and then just to say, you know what? I, my heart goes out to you in that process. So growth really is about what we're becoming, not what we do. God is making us into something. He, he's creating us to be something. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 28, starting in verse 23, says, Listen to me. Listen and pay close attention. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? Does he not finally plant his seeds, black cumin, cumin wheat, barley, and emmer wheat, each of it its proper way and each in its proper place? The farmer knows just what to do, for God has given him understanding. I want to stop right here for a moment, because I want to talk about something. God has given him understanding. One of the things we learned in the class on Wednesdays is the question was, what, does Solom, what did Solomon ask for? And everybody think, oh, he asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for wisdom. He asked for understanding. God gave him wisdom. So I think about this, and I think about this whole process of knowledge understanding and wisdom. I think about knowledge, and I, maybe it's okay if I use an example here of somebody in the church. Uh, so I think of, of Dan Vining over here because he's an airline pilot for many, many years. And I think I'd be safe to say, so Dan obviously went to learn how to be a pilot. They didn't put him behind a, the stick of a 747 the first day. But he gained a lot of knowledge about what it is to fly airplanes. A lot of knowledge. But he didn't have the full understanding of how to fly a plane until he actually flew a plane. You have the simulators and all that, but still not the same. So Dan, if you asked Dan after he was educated in flying airplanes, if you said, you would say, man, you sound like you got a lot of knowledge here. But he, before he ever got in a plane, he could probably say, well, I really don't under, fully understand why until he gets in a plane and he lands a plane and takes, a plane, takes off in a plane, and he goes, now I'm beginning to understand why I was taught that, why I have that knowledge. Now I understand. I'm putting it into practice. But the interesting thing is, now, at some point, he's going to get some wisdom. And where does that wisdom come from? Experience. And how do we usually get more wisdom? And I'm not saying Dan did this, but at some point... A pilot is going to, plane's going to hit the ground, it's going to bounce up in the air and come back down. And you're going to go, hmm, my knowledge tells me this. I understand how this works. I just learned something that if I tilted the stick or whatever, I don't know all this stuff, but a little bit wrong, <laughs> it could come in just a little bit wrong and it could cause the plane to bounce off the ground. And so there's, there's wisdom that comes and goes, I just learned something. I'm wiser at what I'm doing in my piloting process. Now, I know Christian Kloniger has his pilot's license to fly not 747s, right? <laughs> so, no offense to Christian, but if you, and you were standing talking with Christian and Dan, and if you're looking for some wisdom-gaining experience, yeah. you would say, would you ask Christian how do you best land a commercial airline plane? Probably not. You'd ask Dan because he's been there. He's done it. has the wisdom. 
The other thing is, if you put Dan next to Captain Sully, who landed a plane on the Hudson River, if you're wanting to know what's it like and kind of what wisdom you gained from landing a plane on the Hudson River, you wouldn't ask Dan, unless he's done that. But I haven't heard that. And he's probably saying, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. But Captain Sully is like, well, here's my wisdom for you. First of all, try not to have to land a plane on the water. Look for a runway. Look for a landing strip. But if all else, this is what I would recommend. This is how I did it. And thank the Lord it was successful. But so we're, we're going through this whole process in life. And if we're wanting to grow in certain things, it's good and it's okay. And we should be taking advantage of the body of Christ, those who are around us, and say, you know what? I know you've been through something like this before. Instead of being that, oh, I can do this. I, I, I've got this. And we just will go through life like, I, I don't need them. We might grow, but I tell you what, <laughs> go through a lot more bumps, a lot more damage, a lot more pain, a lot more things than if we learned, like, I'm going to put my pride down. I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm going to ask somebody. That's part of the growing process, just to be able to put down whatever that thing is that causes us to not allow others into our lives. Yeah. How did you go through that? I just would like to know, how, how did you go through that? And, you know, the first time you went through that, I noticed that, man, you, it caused you a lot of trouble. But I noticed you went through it again, and, and you did it different. It seemed like things turned out a lot better for you that time. That's good. Show, give me some of the... Give me some wisdom, some pointers. So we go through this process. Knowledge of the word is okay, but you can quote scripture all day long, you could read your Bible all day long, and you could do whatever, but never get to that place where you're growing. Because then it comes to this place, well, I need to understand why it says that in the word. I need to apply it to my life. And when things get difficult, we can recall some things but it's important then, so now we have this knowledge and now we're learning, don't bail on it. Oh, it didn't work. Wait, give it the process, give it a chance to process. Go through that trial, go through those situations, and you're going to gain some wisdom. But so many times as believers, I've seen people do this, they'll bail in the middle of it. Oh, God's not, you know, he's not who he says he is. You know, he didn't care. I mean, he let me drop. And what all these things that we can come up with, because it's an enemy that's constantly like this. Why is it that we're pouring ourselves into the word and prayer and, and listening and worship and all these things? We're building up our faith, not for just the sake of building faith, because faith is not faith until it's tested. So there's a process for us. So are we growing or are we not growing? Are we just keep falling down on our face every time? man, I sure wish this wouldn't keep happening to me. It's because you're still doing the same thing over and over again, expecting that God will rescue you when he says, you know what, I've given you what you need to do. I've given you the seed, but I'm not going to cultivate the soil for you. That's you. You need to invest. You need to put effort in. But he's given us everything we need in the seed. And guess what? He says, he's a good harvester too, by the way. (laughs) But there's a lot of stuff that happens in between. That is our responsibility. And that's how we can help each other and encourage each other. I'm going to stop right there because we'll pick up next week in that. We didn't get a long ways in this, but 
because I think that it's important for us to land on some things and to, to really see from good perspective of, in practical ways of growing. So what you're going to take away this morning as the worship team comes, you're just going to identify with the help of the Holy Spirit an area that you say, Lord, this is where I need to grow. But I would encourage you to tell somebody. Tell somebody about it because we're, we're a team. We're, there's ownership, ownership this morning. We're no longer renters. We're owners. We're owners. We're all in. Amen. You know what, too? Here's the part. Because I always believe, you know, God is at work through the whole service, and, and I, I believe he's touched many lives this morning. But if there's anything additional, that you just between you and the Lord this morning, and you just want to come up the altar time during the song, and you just say, Lord, I need you to show me, and I need you to help me, whatever that is. Maybe it's just stepping out in faith and just going, you know what, I'm going to kick the devil to the curb this morning. He doesn't get this, and he doesn't get to have ownership in this area of my life. He cannot have this anymore, or he cannot continue to tell me these lies anymore. Whatever it is that you need to come and you need to get that in that place that it needs to be in this morning. And maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Tell you what, he's standing at your door, gently knocking. How that sound? Gently knocking. We just need to let him in. Amen. I want to pray for you as well. Amen. Let's sing the song. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 